How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Blind. I am your host, Chris Adams. Um, if you're not following us on social media, jump on Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Check out BTBN. Um, we do the releases, giveaways, all that type of stuff, post new episodes, and uh, stuff like that on there. So if you want to follow along on there, go ahead and do that. Um, if you want to grab yourself a nice... Um, paperweight to throw on the desk i couldn't even remember what the heck i was talking about a nice paperweight to throw on the desk you can reach out and uh, have me build you a duck call that has been reviewed by a few close friends as not that bad so yeah if you want one of those you can always hit me up and get one of those um we got this crazy btb and colored um duck call made out of a uh, hybrid and uh buckeye bro and it's the uh, black, gray, green color combo that kind of matches the logo. So it's a it's a pretty cool piece. I've been talking about it the last couple about how we're gonna do the giveaway. <sighs> I, I just need to to put something down. So um, I'll post a picture of it, and you can comment on it and share it. And. Uh, I don't know, subscribe to the podcast. Let me know you did that, and uh, that'll be the giveaway. Um, This is episode 30 or 31, I do believe, and um, try to give it away in, like, I don't know, a couple weeks. So uh, do that. I'll post a picture of it tonight. Um, Like, share the picture, and subscribe to the podcast. So that way you can comment on there, say, subscribe. If you're already subscribed, no big deal. If you've already won the call in the past, same difference just trying to get it out there and uh i put it off long enough trying to be creative and uh just would rather give it away so um yeah make sure you do that i really appreciate all these shares likes follows it makes a world of difference um it's the 16th of june and on the 15th of june we passed what we did all of may so, uh, yeah, we should double what we did in May, and May was a triple of April. So it is growing and growing rather quickly. So uh, it can only be because of you guys. So I really appreciate it. Today I have somebody that I've wanted to talk to for a while, and I reached out because I feel like his story has not been told. His dad's story has been told all the time. Um, His dad was the rock star of the waterfowl world for a long time. And uh, his dad's told his story on a bunch of different podcasts. But uh, this guy is a very accomplished call maker. He is a a great world-class level uh, caller. So, you know, I want to hear his side of his story and uh, bring it to you guys. So, without further ado, the great... Cole Foils. All right. How you doing today, Cole? Good. Real good. Just got off work, and then I'm here at the call shop now. And, oh, it's a good little day. Getting getting through the week. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, it is, uh, it's been so freaking hot that it, it just... I know. I was just going to say, trying to beat the heat. <laughs> what do you do? Uh, I, I I work for a lawn care service in the in the summertime. So from like April to October, I'll uh, I'll work for them. We actually mow a lot of companies. We one of them we do is actually uh, Winchester, the old one plants. Nice. So 
so that's kind of neat <laughs> being a being a duck and goose call maker hunter and all that you get to go in one of those places every day so that's kind of neat but uh then i help dad still here at the shop and then then i, I actually then the winter when that's all over with uh i, I guide for a heartland lodge from the duck and goose hunts nice man so you so definitely can, know all about the heat <laughs> oh yeah that. absolutely i've worked construction i've I've done a little bit of everything, so, <laughs> yeah, well, that's, know all about it. That's cool, man. I find so many guys that are in the waterfowl industry, uh, you know, contractors, construction, you know, all that seasonal work to try to get through the freaking dog days of summer until it's time to get back in the freaking duck hole, goose pit, whatever you got going on. Mm-hmm, exactly. You just sit there on them hot days and just dream of them, them migrator days when, when it's about 40, 50 degrees cooler. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's crazy. And you're up there. I'm, I'm down in Springfield, Missouri. You're up in uh, right across the river from St. Louis, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, born and raised here in uh, Calhoun County. Yeah, I'm about an hour from uh, St. Louis. I actually south end of the in Calhoun. One side's Illinois River, the other is Mississippi. So, so there's bridges, but there's actually ferry boats. So, like when I if I want to go to St. Louis, a Cardinals game or something, uh, you know, we just take the ferry across. So yeah, I can be there about an hour. Dang man, that's that's really cool because we just yep. don't have anything like ferries. I. Uh, I was driving from Springfield one year I was on leave. I was on Christmas leave, and I was driving back home, and we left out at, like, 10 p.m. that night. It was going to put us in Virginia Beach at, like, I don't know, 24 hours later, something crazy. And uh, I got all the way into SEMO, and I just had – it was back in the Garmin days. iPhones didn't even have – didn't even have the GPS and all that stuff yet. So I had the Garmin plugged in, and it starts taking me – through some freaking back roads like field roads almost and i'm like where the hell am i at right now and then all of a sudden i look at the map and uh the road stops and i was like what and i, I was like what the hell is going on i end up at, sounds like here yeah i end up at a freaking ferry station at two o'clock in the morning and obviously it's closed so i have to freaking cut way down to uh uh, Crothersville to freaking cross. Oh, man. <laughs> so nothing like a, a 24-hour drive getting extended. Yeah, it's like we say around here all the time. We get somebody from out of town and want to go to Walmart just somewhere, you know, somewhere real good to eat or whatever. You know, bigger name restaurant, whatever. Well, anywhere, anything you do is going to be at least about a half hour. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, and with you guys... The the Mississippi flooded so freaking bad last year. Oh, I, I mean, I mean, we're just we're just used to it. I mean, like last summer, uh, heck, heck, we were uh, we sandbagged for two weeks. Levees broke. I mean, I, I look like me and me and Dad. We both look like an Uber service, but in a in a John boat running people across rivers. So they go work in the city every day. <laughs> Dude, that's super that's crazy. Cool. Oh, it's neat. Oh, yeah. But but it's, it's devastating. But, you know, hey, we got a good community here, and everybody gets together and gets her all back to normal. And 
do it all over again. <laughs> right? Did it, uh, did but, it get up to uh, where you uh, duck hunt and all that kind of stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, get high wa- it gets high water. It's funny because you'll go from around here from hunting your, just your average duck lakes. And, you know, you got, some guys got the corn holes and whatever. And then when the flood hits, heck, heck, you might be in the timber where the mallards are. You'd swear you were in Arkansas or somewhere. It, 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 it actually, it's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. Well, I mean, you go through a lot. You go through a lot in the off season and everything, but but when hunting comes around, it it it's kind of, it gives you a lot of opportunity. <laughs> yeah, man, that's a uh, one of my favorite things. We have on the years that the water is really high, like every year that I go hunting and I go to one of the local lakes or something like you know Truman and different places like yeah. that. I always take a snapshot of the dam level. So it's like I can remember what the hunt was and how high the water was because it's just far enough away to be a pain in the butt, and I can pull it up and be like, "Oh, it's at 7:06 today. If it gets up to 7:09, yeah. that timber hole is going to be freaking lights out." So <laughs> it uh, it makes a huge <laughs> exactly. difference, man. Exactly. <laughs> so tell me about hunting, brother. What you've been born and raised in the in the whole thing, you know? Oh yeah. Whether I wanted to do it or not, which of course I did, I didn't have much of a choice. I was born right into it. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like? When did your pops first start taking you out? Oh, I think, if I remember right, I think I was four years old. I started going with dad, my grandpa. I started going with them a lot. Uh, we got a we got a lease here in uh, Calhoun County right off the Mississippi River and river bottoms uh, that I actually still hunt to this day. And, uh, yeah, I, I can remember my first goose hunt going out to the pit there. <laughs> so so, since, so I'll, I'll be 27 in two weeks, so you do the math. <laughs> yeah, dude, that is, it's crazy. I was talking to, uh, to Hunter Grounds last week, and he's a yeah. year older than I am. And I was like, dude, yeah. you have 30 years of hunting experience. <laughs> like, it's insane. Yeah. Oh, I know. Uh, uh, it's like, uh, what I was, that's what I was going to say, too. I can remember, like, down in the southern Illinois days, Hunter, you know, him and Dad were, him and Dad be down there guiding, and me and Hunter, we'd be down there with them. I mean, I, I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> Dude, that's it. I can't even imagine. Like, my kids are just now getting to that age where every year mm-hmm. they're like, "Hey, Dad, can we go? Hey, Dad, can we go?" And then I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like, uh, mm-hmm. let's wait for the weather to, because I don't want them to have a horrible experience, like a bitter cold, all that kind of crap for their first time." So it's always like, mm-hmm. you, you know how it is. It just time oh, gets yeah. away. Oh, yeah. And uh, well, well, when Jeff Foyles is your dad, it don't really matter, <laughs> dude. I know right? <laughs> you're going. <laughs> what was that like? I heard uh, Joe Heinz describe it on a podcast a while back. He said Jeff Foyles was his Hulk Hogan of his childhood. Like you know, yeah. his, his, the guy that he looked up to. What was it like being his kid, man? Oh, I mean, it's. I mean, it seems crazy, but I mean, I grew up just like any other kid. I, I mean, he's a uh, very supportive dad. Anytime I want to go hunting, went with him. Uh, uh, another another thing too. I mean, him, him and my grandpa. They. I mean, any chance I want to do anything, whether it was a squirrel hunting, duck, goose, turkey, deer, anything. Like a lot of people don't know this. Jeff Foyles is known as a. Is a duck and goose hunter, but I'll, I'd put him up against anybody on turkey hunting. Uh, me and my dad have more fun turkey hunting than anything. So I, I, I mean, year round, I, I, yeah, we always went. We always had a good time. 
Well, and that turkey hunting, man, it's like the only thing that really compares to waterfowling where you're working the birds. You know, exactly. you're interacting with them. And I think that's why so exactly. many waterfowlers are addicted, man. <laughs> yep, yep. You always try and get a step ahead. <laughs> so, Strategic. I mean, it all is, but yeah. <laughs> growing up, did you, uh, did it ever really, like, was it weird to you sometimes, like, the cameras, the decoys, the magazines? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, mean it, it, I don't know if anybody had, like, speech class when they were in grade school or high school, but, I mean, you, I mean, you get the camera put on you, you're nervous, but... But, uh, you know, I had some good teachers along the way watch it. But, I don't know, at the same time, you you develop a relationship with everybody who's filming or who's there. And it just, it's just like riding a bike by the end of it. But, but yeah, it was always pretty, you know, it, it, it always pretty crazy. I mean, it's a little different, you know. You're not just going out there to hunt. You're trying to get the footage, make it better for the business, everything. <laughs> yeah, man. I Like, I... That's something that it's just because so many guys just start up as weekend warriors. You know, they might go with their dad yeah. or their grandpa or something like that. But just to be you know, I mean, fully ingrained in it, you know. I mean, as a kid, I mean, you know, kids got like you said the weekend warrior deal. Well, I mean, if I had Christmas break, you know, Thanksgiving break, whatever. I mean, especially once I got in the probably seventh, eighth grade. I mean, I was with dad guiding hunters, doing whatever. And so, so I mean, a lot of kids will say, "Well, I went. I got to go, you know, eight, ten times a year." I was the kid saying, "Well, I went. I went probably forty, fifty days." <laughs> <laughs> so, if there was a chance of snow or ice, was dad like, "Yeah, we're not going to school Oh yeah, anybody. <laughs> like when, when I went to when I went to grade school, or well, I guess I should just say up till before I got my license in school. Uh, I mean, if there was a snow day or whatever, uh, I mean, <laughs> we or if we went to school and we were going to get out early, I could guarantee Dad or Grandpa was sitting outside the school waiting on me and let's go, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, so cool, man. Our, luckily, back then we had our duck club, and it was only about 10, 15 minutes from where I went to school at. So, I mean, it was in the truck, go, throw the waders on, into the pit. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's uh, that's freaking cool, and that's... I don't know, just being able to be out there, you know, because, like I said, the weekend warriors, the time out there spending with your family and parents, yeah, like, that's yeah. that's the most important part of hunting, and getting to spend so much time with your dad, with your grandpa, with, you know, the different <laughs> members of the community, was that something that, I, I don't even know what question to ask with that, was it just something that means so much to you, and you're excited to pass on? Oh yeah, exactly. Hundred percent. I mean, I could. I mean, even when Dad was busy on the road filming and stuff, I got. I mean, I got just as many memories of my grandpa as I do with him. I mean, I mean, them guys are best friends, you know. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. There's memories I won't ever forget, and, and hope to make many more. <laughs> that ain't no joke, brother. Oh, I had to grab me a little drinky, but uh... yeah. <laughs> Did uh so what about competition calling, brother? Was that was that something you showed a lot of interest in or you know, just seeing your yeah, dad? I being can around I it? can I'm sitting here in the shop now. It's funny you ask that, just sitting here looking at all the plaques and trophies and stuff. Me and Dad got all ours here in this display room here at the shop and I mean I I remember my first contest, like I was telling you when I, when I first started hunting, I was four years old. I, my first contest, four years old, I was down at John A. Logan in uh, southern Illinois. 
uh, I think it was me, Hunter Grounds, and maybe one or one or two other kids. But but uh, yeah, I mean, I was. I think I, I think I was four years old. Didn't understand the light, nothing. Blew the light, and I think I think one, I think the MC had to drag me off the stage. I was having so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's but no, I, I mean I love it. I've made I've made so many good friends over competition calling guys. I mean guys all across the country, and I talk to them every day. I mean it's it's a blast. I mean luckily been able to win several over the years, and it's 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 I I, I love every bit of it. It's a dude. It's a really interesting community, and people that mm-hmm. don't experience it don't get involved with it. They just don't understand the intricacies and the the friendships the competition it yeah. it's so much more than just going up there for your minute and a half three times you know it's uh yeah exactly it's very interesting from an outside outside perspective i uh i do my own little hand turn calls it's nothing you know crazy or anything like that mm-hmm. and i uh i have no no interest no uh no desire to be up on stage because uh yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good with all that. I have no problem coming out and talking to people, but uh, getting up on stage, yeah. I know where I belong, and that is talking about it. So <laughs> it takes yeah, a lot of exactly. respect. Man. Yeah, and, I, and when when you contacted me about this, and uh, you said the BTBN or whatever, I was I was I was like I've seen that before. It, it, it hit uh, somehow, uh, or I know Facebook, but but I but I was I thought oh, I was on there at some point. Well, I got looking through uh, your Instagram today when I won the Illinois State. You guys gave me a uh, shout out. So uh, and then I've seen all the several other callers and they're winning and stuff. So that's really cool. It's really cool. I like that. Yeah, man. I really got into it heavy in 2017. The story with it was. I uh, I used to go up to Rogers all the time, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, just checking out decoys, stop by the uh, the yeah. competition, say hi to people. Oh you yeah, know. it's a good time. Yeah, exactly. And one year I was working at 3M, and I tried to move a full drum of some kind of accelerator or something like a 360 pound, 380 pound drum, and instead of using the hoist, I was stupid and just tried to drag it over with my hands, and I gave myself a hernia just being an idiot so i had to stay at home and i had surgery and i was sitting on the couch all you know drugged up and bored out of my mind because i'm a workaholic and i was like i wonder who won rogers since i'm not gonna be able to get my sorry butt up there and i couldn't find out really any information whatsoever and i saw seth fields had a uh, a live stream going of it but you know yeah. seth is in the competition so i can't ask him questions about it so I was yeah, like, <laughs> man, there has to be a better way to get up-to-date information and uh, see what's mm-hmm. going on with stuff. So mm-hmm. that's I just went out and started live streaming it, trying to share as much information as I could because I'm blessed to live here in Missouri where every competition is two or three hours away. So uh, Yeah, so you're in a good location for the contest. <laughs> dude, it's crazy. There, it's so funny because there's absolutely nothing in Springfield. There's not a single competition within a couple yeah. of hours. But I can get to everywhere in like three or four hours. So yeah, yeah. Super blessed to do it. But that uh, I got doing that really heavy, and uh, it got to the point where I was on the road every single weekend, and yeah. uh, I was like, dude, I I don't know if I can keep doing this live stream every weekend thing. So 
this is kind of my other outlet. Whereas, uh, yeah. instead of being at the competition talking about guys being up there at the yeah. competition, I just let the callers come on here and tell the story of their dang selves, man. Because that's what people yeah, really want. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and and I'll tell you, anything like this helps. I mean, if anybody was, I mean, there's guys that's been from the '80s, '90s, all through it. I mean, I was from the nine. I've been from the '90s on. And, I mean, if you, they can tell you, I mean, it is nothing like it was back then. I mean, it was like they fought wars in them contests. But but so so to, to get anything to build this and kind of get it even close to what it used to be, it's great. And I, I like everything you guys are doing. I appreciate it, man. What do yeah, you think yeah. What do you think the drop-off reason is? I don't know. I mean, there's so much talent these days. Like, uh, I was telling a buddy the other day, he'd asked me, like, how many, like, youth competitions. I mean, this is just going even to youth. He's like, how many contests have you, did you win in the youth days? And so uh, I think I think it's 38 or 39 uh, youth competitions I won growing up. But I, I told I told him, I go, if the talent was there, what's there today? That had been about that had been about eight or nine <laughs> i mean i mean there's i mean it's crazy but but there's so much more technology these days too they can i mean you can get a, you can look who won world this year or whatever or the year before or the year before that or whatever and, and you can mimic and learn and you know it's uh, but but part of it i think is too is just you guys see us i mean and, and everybody's got to make money too and you got to get the prize money and all that but i think i think some guys see well, I got to pay eighty bucks to get my butt kicked, you know. But, but, but I tell guys the same thing. I say, you know, that that's good motivation to keep practicing, get better. I mean, you want to be the guy that gets cut every first round, or you want to be the top five or ten sitting there at the end. So, I think that's part of it. I don't know economy, some of it. I I don't know, <laughs> but that, that's my opinion. And, and I agree with that. And you have a really interesting perspective from anybody else competition caller-wise that I've talked to because you guys put on your own, uh, you know, every mm-hmm. year. So you mm-hmm. have the uh, the insight of what it takes to actually put a competition together and get all the vendors and get sponsors and yeah, all that exactly. type of stuff. And, you know, exactly. you see less and less. I was talking to... I can't remember. Maybe it was Hunter the other day. And uh, I can't remember. I don't know. So. But um, he was talking about prizes and stuff like that. And he's like, you know, you're traveling, you know, five or 600 miles, taking a plane, getting a hotel for a $1,000 yeah. person. You're going yeah. home yeah. in the yeah, negative. You got a lot expense in it. Yeah. And if you don't win it, you're losing money. You know, it's it's. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's exactly right. I've always been, you know, I've always been blessed for where we've had a booth. You know, we've been working a show where there's a contest, and you know, you can always bank on that too. But but man, if if it was a slow show and you didn't and you stuck a note in the contest, <laughs> it was a rough weekend. You know, so I I agree with Hunter on that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hayden Richard was talking to me about it. How he'd uh. He had gone all the way up to maybe it was your guys' show. I can't remember. All yeah, the way from, it may, may have been. Yeah, all the way from South Louisiana, and uh, it was he, either, it was probably either that or Presley's. Maybe it was Presley's. I can't remember. Yeah, but I uh, Presley's every year. I, I like I like listening to him spec call. He's a good spec caller. Dude, he's ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's good. He was telling me uh, he took the whole long ride up there, and he, it was like one of the, his first ones. He felt really great about it, and all that stuff and uh he got cut 
in all three competitions in the first round, <laughs> and he said it was a quiet car ride back. Yeah, I guarantee it, especially Louisiana. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, dude, it, it, it's 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 pretty wild. Um, but yeah, yeah. That, that's the thing that's kind of cool about if you live in this area, you know, kind of where we live at in this Midwest, yeah. where all the Midwest, uh, the yeah. big contests are. If you get to the contest, the ones that people are going to are top to bottom freaking loaded. So you get to see a mm-hmm. ridiculous... You know, it's like watching Worlds at Rogers is the equivalent of watching Worlds, you know? Mm-hmm. And sometimes even better because you'll have guys come out that, are, you know, can't even compete in yeah. Worlds anymore because no, they're that's, retired. That's No, that's exactly right. Uh, it's a, and and it's, it's a crazy feeling. You get... You get in that bullpen and you look around and you look at who's all in it. And I mean, it's even 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 if you're winning them. You, I mean, it's in, it's a little intimidating at, even as an advanced caller or whatever you want to call it. But at the same time, you just got to sit there and go, "Well, I beat him before. He's beat me before. We'll see how this goes." Right? <laughs> go yeah. It's any given day, man. <laughs> and at the end of the day, everybody's good buddies. <laughs> <laughs> it's a. Uh... I don't know. I just I hope more guys look at it and uh, like I said, if you, mm-hmm. if they live in the area, get out there and check them out. Yeah, because, yeah. And hopefully, stuff like this where guys telling their story and more about yeah. more than just the uh, oh ducks or geese don't make that sound, you know, comment that people yeah. always have, and it's exactly. like exactly it's so that. in yeah. depth. And uh, mm-hmm. it's just it's showing it's showing showing talent of a guy and everything else. Everybody's got to realize that. <laughs> but yeah, no, I know what you're saying. <laughs> well, and, a, but, and I think a lot of guys just don't realize how much time and effort is put into it. Is that something that, like, how many hours a day did you and your dad when you were in, you know? Oh, I remember. Heavy? I remember growing up. Uh, the first the first house we lived in, probably. In the 90s there, it was, it was not, I remember like 97, 98, 99 through there. Uh, I remember dad and I, we had a two-story house and it's actually the house where we started the uh, business, the call business in the basement. <laughs> uh, I lived in, I lived up, my room was upstairs. I remember he'd get home from work. Dad was an iron worker at the Union Iron Worker at the time. He'd get home at night, take a shower, we'd eat. And yeah, he'd come up, he'd come up in the room and we'd work for, you know, 20, even if it was just, you know, 20 30 minutes we, we we always had practice especially when we knew a contest was coming up but i always i mean i tried doing daily i mean everybody's different everybody's you know everybody's got their own way but two weeks before a contest i'll blow that call every day <laughs> try to get the mindset right and yeah, just get yeah, you get your mindset and you know you, you get your memory set which note goes where and when and and it just gets. I think. I mean, like I said, everybody's different. Some guys might do it every day, but but uh, but I think like the two. If I, if I go any longer, I get. I try to start throwing stuff in and this and that. Maybe I should. Maybe I shouldn't. But two weeks always gives me at least three clean if I make it all the way through. Yeah, and it's like, you know, if you over practice something like you were saying, it can get. Mm-hmm. It can get too crazy. You can feel like it's too yep. monotonous and start taking chances on stuff. And sometimes you have to take chances, but the goal is to get out there, hit them clean, and uh, you know, be as as good as you can. Exactly. Exactly. So, what was uh what was working in the shop like? What how's that that relationship? You know, like oh, it's. 
I mean, over the years, I mean, it's been it's been a roller coaster ride. I mean, I mean <clears throat> when I was growing up, if it wasn't hunting season, you know, kids always got a weekend job, whatever. I mean, I'd go in on Saturdays, help dad. It'd be, you know, especially be like, you know, August, September, right before hunting season, we'd have the big Cabela's, Bass Pro orders, whatever. I'd go in, even if even before I knew how to tune a call, I'd be in there packaging, doing whatever I could, you know, and then. And as times went on, I've I've learned, you know, um, I've learned the the, the the ship the shipping part of it, you know, bills, invoices, the whole nine. So it's been a it's been a big learning experience over the years, you know, as you get older and everything. But I mean, it's always been fun. It's always been a good time. I I, I like around here. We're right here in Hardin, Illinois. I always call it the capital of the county. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, and uh, it's it's cool getting to see all your buddies and familiar faces come in, who, you know, right there at the end of the day. Hey, man, I cracked a reed and honkers just moved in. I need a new reed now. I'll fix you right up. Or, heck, being at home at night, even get that phone call. Oh, heck, I'll meet you down at the gas station or here or there. Or where are you going to be in the morning? <laughs> Fixing it up and going from there. So, I don't know. I, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. I think that's the cool thing about having shops, man, and having some place where mm-hmm. people can go. You know. Yeah, yeah. At s- our spot too, we have a we uh, just. I mean, we have a storefront, little tuning area, engraving area, but, but we also got a table sitting there right here in the showroom, bunch bunch of chairs around it. You know, everybody sits here and can BS or whatever and fix all the world's problems. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, uh, and uh, it's cool get just getting to see guys, see how they're doing throughout the season and everything else. Well, and it's like, it's stuff like that, <coughs> that it, it's like that hangout atmosphere, you know, because yeah. I'm in my garage and I just sit there and turn calls in the garage. And it's usually after everybody yeah. else has gone to sleep, just like so many other people out there making calls. And then you see guys like Josh that have his big call night and everybody comes by the shop and signs the wall and you know you have like bobby Hayes has his big brand new shop and he's always throwing out videos with different guys i think that shop atmosphere is so cool Mm -hmm. because it's just different it was really you were you were talking about uh like everybody signing the table or and the walls and all that it's pretty neat um uh the farm i was telling you about the house we used to live in when we went Boyle's Migrators first started in 99. Uh, <clears throat> actually, a, a guy from St. Louis bought it. Well, got to be pretty good buddies. Well, this year he let me turkey on his farm. When we got done, he goes, why don't you come in here? I want you to just check out the house and everything. He ain't been in here, you know, 20 years, whatever it's been. And uh, I went down and I said, first thing I want to do, I want to go in the basement. And I want to see where it all started. I went down there and there was, a, he had the same workbench down there. We tuned all the first orders, went out the door and everything. And just, it was neat. So some of the names on there, I mean, you had... Matt Porter, Sean Stahl, world champion. He, uh, um, I, I could go on for days. Just local guys. He had, uh, you know, me, Dad. There, I, there were just several. It was neat. Yeah, dude. Just the nostalgia <laughs> yeah. factor. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny, you yeah. know. Like I'll take the kids out, and you know, say we're going to the lake or something, just stupid yeah. in the summertime. And you'll drive by a field or something like that, and like, oh yeah, I hunt here. And, uh, yeah, right over there is where I killed my first deer. And, you know, I I sound like a 50-year-old, 60-year-old man already in my 30s. <laughs> and I'll get that, that nostalgia feeling yeah. just driving by the area, you know, that I've done something, been somewhere. So I can only imagine. Yeah. That. 
Oh yeah, no, I get what you're saying. I mean, I mean, I can't remember what's all in the grocery list, but I can drive by a field and tell you how many we killed seven, eight, nine, ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's <laughs> exactly. Oh, so what? What is one of your most uh, most memorable hunts? You know, like I know you guys have hunted with all sorts of crazy people and different places all over the United States. What's what's one of your most memorable favorite hunts? Oh man, you put me on the spot here. <laughs> uh, oh, I don't know. We had a we had a hunt uh, back. It was probably back when we had our duck club. Um, man, this is. I was probably freshman maybe a sophomore in high school but but we had a real good i think it was thanksgiving or something but it was neat because we had we actually had a few clients that morning bringing them through everybody did good in the morning hunt and then the afternoon it was cool because we had like me my dad my grandpa uh well i'd say it probably have been like my freshman year then but but it was me dad grandpa um it had been, you know, my cousins, uh, I mean, is everybody, but I think by the end of the day, I think we'd killed like 60, 80 ducks and, and I think 10 or 12 geese or something. Everybody had limited out perfect. It was great. Uh, I, I'll never forget that. Yeah. Not only were, you know, it was just another guide day at first, but then it turned into a family deal and it's just, yeah, everything's picture perfect in your face. I'm sure it was probably on one of our Fallen Skies video before it was all said and done, but, but yeah, it was just a great hunt. Yeah, that's the best when it just works out. The surprise ones are awesome. Like, uh, we had a big, I've told it on a couple podcasts. Maybe, I don't remember. But uh, I've slept since then, I think at least once. But uh, we had this big local honker feed that we had scouted out. And, uh, I don't know, there was four or 500 honkers trickling off the roost and feeding in this freaking hay field. And we're like, sweet, man, let's go kill, you know, we're going to go do this thing. And we've scouted it for a couple days. It looks great. I did the final scout the night before and uh, just sitting there. And, yep, everything looks looks good. It looks great. And uh, all of a sudden I had a, two groups of ducks, mallards, just mm-hmm. drop into this freaking hay field. And I was like, well, that's goofy. Hit my buddy up. I'm like, have you seen any ducks using this field? And he's like, no. And I was like, well, we might yeah. get a bonus one or two in the morning. And uh, he's like, oh, that's going to be cool. So we go and set up first light, and uh, we're just sitting in a full honker spread, you know, layouts and covered up in some hay bale, you know, uh, a hay bale, green hay bale. And uh, there are so it, – it looked like we were hunting over corn, man. It There was so many mallards using this thing. that Everything to texture perfect. <laughs> we're sh- yes, we're shooting and we're picking up birds. They're – freaking mallards finishing so close that we're like nope 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 don't shoot don't shoot you know yeah. it's it's too yeah, dang close whatever Hell, more days like that yeah <laughs> oh my god so we go and pick up birds we're like we gotta get a count you know we gotta we gotta figure out how many we got because it's yeah we've got six or seven guys i can't remember but you know we we need to at least figure out where we're at so we start stacking and separating and doing all that stuff and uh you know we still have like 10 18 more to kill and birds are still landing in the field as we're picking up decoys and or not picking up decoys picking up birds and there's a freaking drake sitting in my layout blind i was like this is unbelievable <laughs> this is the weirdest thing i've ever seen yeah and uh yeah, just one of them magic days <laughs> yeah we finish it out 
five minutes later, have some specs come in that we don't have specs down here yeah. at all. Had yeah. snows come yeah. in. We're getting, we're starting to get covered up with them. <laughs> that's another bird that's real weird. But uh, we ended up getting burned by the honkers because I don't know, just too much commotion, too close to the roost. But uh, yeah. it was one of my favorite hunts I've ever been on, and it was the most unexpected hunt I've ever been on. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I I would either put my best between that or a lot of, I don't know if a lot of people know this or not. I mean, if you got me on Facebook, you ought to. But uh, um, I'm just ate up with snow goose hunting in the spring, and and uh, we've we've had a lot of good, you know, those barn burner, you know, hundred bird, you know, fifty to hundred bird days. But uh, it was probably probably my first. Uh, hunter bird day uh, that, that that's just something you don't ever forget i got a picture hung up in my room of it and the whole nine you know just out there with your best friends i mean you're talking groups four or five hundred right there backpedal in your face you just you know you, you see so much <laughs> you see so much many ducks and geese with this and that uh, over the years come in but i mean but there's something about them things every year you get a group like that to do it right i mean You'll think I got a 200 inch deer in front of me. I can't. I can't. I. I, I can't keep myself from shaking. <laughs> <laughs> we have. Uh, yeah, dude. It's it's so crazy. We were out one year in Kansas. You know, like five or six miles away from uh, Squaw or whatever the heck they call it now, Los's Bluffs, and uh, we're sitting a couple of hilltops away from it. And you know how it is there. It's just trafficking birds, picking them off, going wherever they're going, and. Uh, we were sitting there, and the first group gets up, and all the birds start pouring off a squaw. And we're like, all right, this is cool. This first group of 20 or 30 is going to do it. And there's, you know, 20 or 30,000 behind them just heading the same direction. Some went out north, some west, all that kind of stuff. With oh, yeah. But we're like, all right, this group's circling. And then another 1,000 pours in. And then another 500 add to it before, you know, we know it. There's a say, pretty sizable spin going on, and I say them thing, those things when they when they go over. I mean, they'll they'll make you feel like you got two decoys out, but when the first one hits and the rest of them fall, it's unbelievable. Oh, <laughs> dude, it was it was ridiculous, and I never been, gets old. I'd been doing snows four or five springs, and uh, just never really had that monster spin like that. And I look over at my buddy, and I'm just like, holy shit, dude, this is gonna happen. Like, this is going to happen. And it was just every circle, you know, every pass, just getting a little more giddy, a little more like a dog ready to retrieve, you know, just shaking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, that's, that's one of my favorite things, too, guiding snow goose hunts. But I forget that tornado going, them guys that's never seen that before. I mean, their jaws hitting the pit floor. It's, um, <laughs> like I said, I, even though I've seen it a thousand times, I'm, I'm right there with them. <laughs> it's just something you can't describe, you know? No, it ain't. It's its own. It's its own game itself. I I I made up with it. <laughs> That's crazy, dude. I I I don't know. It's one of my favorites. If it wasn't so damn muddy, you know, hunting in the pit. Getting out to the pit, it's all yeah. muddy. But see, that's how we do it here. We're all pit hunting, permanent spreads. We run. We'll, we'll run. We got it. We'll start next year. We'll have the ten man pit, and and uh, on top of that, I mean, we run. I've run socks, silhouettes, the whole nine. Now we're at the point now. I think we're running like thirty five hundred full bodies now. I mean, you got a lot of money in, into it, but after that, and e collars and everything else. But but man, I mean, when you're hunting them in the pit like that. 
you're not on the X. You're just trying to make them think that is the X. So when you pull those, this fits really neat. <laughs> well, yeah, and that area is so freaking heavily pressured. It's just kind of like yeah. northwest yeah, Missouri. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, I was gonna mention that too. I mean, I mean, there is a there's a lot of spreads, a lot of hunters, and I don't know too many bad ones around here. <laughs> Everybody's everybody knows their stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every you have no option. If you're a bad hunter, you you're yeah. gonna get out of it real quick, man. Yeah, you're gonna. You're gonna, if you can't beat them, you're gonna be trying to join somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll hit the topic that I'm sure people are waiting, been waiting to hear oh, a little yeah. bit about. But uh, you know, what was that? Ten years ago now? Eight years ago? Oh, uh, I think oh nine. That's when that started. I mean, when it officially kind of started, if I remember right. So I've heard your everybody's heard your dad tell you know his story yeah. and give more insight on it and I I really liked listening to it and listening to him talk yeah. about it because the way that it was presented for so long was he was the boogeyman everybody you know to go from exactly. the top and, of the, and, and and things are coming around they've came around a long way and even to this day he's still kind of the boogeyman I mean here and there it depends who you talk to you know but yeah. I mean, it's been a ride. <laughs> I can I can imagine, man. It's uh, you were what in high school then when that happened, or right starting? Yeah, let's see. Yeah, when uh, actually the year he went to prison, I had, I had graduated high school. Yep. Dude, what? Okay, so like I said, everybody's heard his his side of the story, and everybody's heard the the media's take on their story, and. What was it like from your perspective of the whole thing going through? Because, you know, I want to hear what Cole Foyles went through. And I don't think anybody... Because having a kid, I I can't even imagine my kids dealing with me. Yeah, I mean, I was... I mean, when it started, I mean, I was probably... I mean, when you first kind of heard something was about to happen, I was was probably, what, 14, 15, and then... And then, yeah, like I said, when it all went down and this is real, you know, I was, I mean, you know, I was eight, just just past 18 years old. <laughs> Dang, man. And I was mean, it just, something... Just got my diploma. <laughs> did he go in before you graduated or was it right no, after? No, it would have been, I think it was like a few months after. It had been like right at the end of October, first part of November, somewhere in there, if I no. remember right. Well, if there's only anything that's good about it, it, I'm using that term very, very loosely. Obviously, it's not good, but at least he got to see you graduate, and you know, yeah, didn't exactly. miss something like that, dude. Because you only get that once. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, but it was. It was definitely a. It was definitely a shocker. I mean, here you are. You graduate high school and growing up he thought he thought you know you had life by the balls you know i got a booming company everything's going great every sponsor in the world and it all comes crashing down one day you know like like i mean i didn't i mean i didn't go to school not saying that's ever too late <laughs> but but i mean i did i didn't have no college plans nothing i had i mean i had it made and then when then got graduated and then you know this is for real and when when he went it's like well 
it's time to quit being a kid and time to run a business and one thing i'll say back back then my uh my sister she was running the office and stuff and then i we had uh oh our buddy drew and then uh my sister's husband rascal he was working there at the time and i can't thank them enough for sticking by my side the whole way and for lisa taking care of all she had to take care of and myself i mean it, it was it was crazy. I mean, you got the world against him. You're trying to make it happen. <laughs> well, yeah, man. Like that, I I can't imagine the uphill battle while dealing with being an 18 year old man, 18 year old, 19 year old. That is, you're still a kid at that point. And I like yeah. to think that I'm still a kid in my 30s until my kids yeah. say dad, and I'm like, oh crap, I yeah. have to be the adult. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're trying to enjoy everything and, and all that's going on. And, and I mean, the shows. I remember. I remember several shows. You you sit there. You know, the year before you're sitting there and you can't keep a call on the shelf. And then the next year, everybody kind of shuns you. You might sell a few. You, I mean, I'm not gonna say everybody was like that. We had a lot of guys stuck alongside, and a lot of fan base still. But it definitely wasn't what it was before. And here here you know dad's down there and you're feeling bad for him and all that and then you got people making comments you know apple doesn't fall far from the tree i heard and this and that and you're just you're just trying to do your best you just keep keep your head up keep your head up and keep moving forward <laughs> yeah man that's it your dad was talking about it and i i think i remember him saying he was in there you know he was in fed wasn't he like a real prison not state or anything crazy like that no, he was in a federal prison. It was actually, well, it's actually down in southern Illinois, so it was about, it's about three and a half hours from here in Marion. We're, heck, it's right around where, you know, like Hunter and a lot of good buddies of mine that are real good goose callers, competition call. He was right in their area, but it was a federal prison. It was a real deal, trust me. I went down there almost every single Sunday. I'd wake up at 3 in the morning, pick my 80, 81-year-old grandmother at the time, and take her down there. We'd go visit for the day, and then then when everybody was free, like family and stuff, like my sisters, whatever, we'd all go down there. Dude, it, yeah, know? I remember. But it was just. Go ahead. It, it was it was a, it was a shock. <laughs> well, I can imagine, man, and I, I think I remember him saying, you know, that he knew guys that were in there that were murderers and pretty serious. Oh yeah. Serious felons, and they're like, "What are you in here for?" And he's like, "I shot some birds over the limit." And they're like, "You're a freaking narc, man." Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, who's gonna believe you're in federal prison with all these these guys for shooting a few ducks? <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. What What was it like watching? I, I say this as respectfully, you know, is everything. Oh I can. no! Like I told you before we even started, you asked me whatever you want. <laughs> all right, man. What was it like going from like okay, because they raided, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't, I wasn't any part of. That. I was probably in school or something like that, but, but I mean, I remember that night. I mean, after after it was all done, like where you know where's where's you know we had eight or nine employees now where's this guy where's this guy don't know where anybody's that dad's dad's just shaking his head i mean it was i mean it was literally i remember just being a silence forever i mean just like is this real you know like like this this don't even make sense you know it was, i mean it was 
Well, it, yeah. was, it, it didn't seem it didn't seem real at all. <laughs> well, yeah. If you're sitting out in the field and you realize you forgot your plug, or maybe you accidentally shot another bird over the limit, or maybe you did it on purpose, you're like, okay, I'm gonna get my ticket and I'm gonna move on. Mm-hmm. What was the? Yeah. I'm sure that's what he thought it was gonna be. Okay, I'm gonna have to pay some fines. You know, I might yeah might lose some privilege yeah. for a year or so. Kind of just the run of the mill stuff. But that that yeah. three or four year period of like holy crap, this is this is ridiculous. This is this is real. Mhm. Yeah, I mean it was it was nuts. I mean uh, just bottom bottom line, we've said it a hundred times. I mean, Dad, he was the uh, he was the rock star time number one. He was on top, and they had. To, I mean, they weren't going after anybody else. They wanted him, but they 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 were gonna do anything they could to get there. <laughs> right. I mean, but I think I remember, I can't remember who called me. Maybe it was my sister. I'm, I'm not sure. But I remember getting out of school, I heck, I had a flip phone. <laughs> and like, why, why would they be calling me at 3 o'clock, you know? And, well, this is what's going on. Dang, dude. That's, but, it's just so but, freaking wild. And to but, have, I mean, it, ahead, it was crazy, too. I mean, it was, I mean, I ain't trying to get no pity party. <laughs> I don't want to start that, but. But I mean, a lot of it happened too. I mean, I mean, yeah, he was on top all night. But and he, I mean, I will say, I mean, my, me and my mother, we don't have a relationship over this no more. I mean, her, I mean, they had a divorce going on, and she was seeing an employee at the time. And I mean, it was just, it was. I mean, when you're a kid in the middle, and there was you know, you got, you know, you got trying to pick a side, this and that, and it's just, it was crazy. It was, I mean, I, I didn't know what to think. <laughs> Well, yeah, and then but, you've got all this... Response. But, like I said, you're a kid, too, sports, whatever, so that kind of washes some of that away at the time. Like, ah, oh, this ain't a big deal. It's just just what's going on. I mean, but no, it, it was reality. Well, yeah, and like you said, you had all this newfound responsibility. The, you know, yeah. all the extra added weight of throwing it on and, okay, how do I keep this thing going? So there's something left when it comes time to fire back up, you know? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it, it wasn't easy. I mean, I can remember, I can remember. Is just you're thinking back, like eight, ten months ago. Yeah, I mean, you got calluses on your fingers from shaving reeds and tuning calls, whatever, all day, and now you're waiting for the phone to ring. <laughs> I mean, it was, it just, it did a complete 180. <laughs> Dude, that's it's so crazy, and you know that whole aspect of trying to rebuild trying to get it back yeah. you know i see you guys selling calls all the time now and it's it's yeah. it's starting to fade from you know the the memory and uh mm-hmm. what's that process been like i you know you guys changed the name from you know foils migrators to rock yeah i mean like i said it's been a roller coaster you try to do whatever you can do to keep keep it going i mean you literally were at the top hit the bottom you're trying to get back up i mean I mean, yeah, we rebranded before. We've done that, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was gonna say too. Like I told you when we first started, I got, I got another, I got more jobs now. I mean, I, going out of high school, I thought, well, I'll have, I'll, I'll just do this, you know. But, but you know, I went out in the real world. I work construction, warehouse work, uh, landscape now. But, but one thing I have got back into that I thought after all of this, I never thought I'd get back into is guiding. And I, and I mean, that's my passion right there. I love it. I love putting people on birds, whatever. So it's kind of cool that's came back around. Um, 
and, and I'm not saying we're at the bottom still. I mean, we've built, come back a long way. I mean, I've had people I never thought would touch a foils call again. I'd come in here and buy a lanyard pool. <laughs> I mean, and them dealers are slowly coming back. and So hopefully it just keeps going from here. Well, and that's... Uh... You know, part of the and I will and I will say too. I mean, I mean, I, like I said, I ain't pity party. And I'm, I mean, in a way, yeah, I wish none of that would have happened. I mean, the way it did and everything. But too, you know, it, I, I try to look at a positive note. I mean, I've it's made me a better person. I mean, I've went out in the world, in the real world, and learned how to do more things, and, and you know, kind of. I mean, yeah, I kind of had my plate full from the start, but same time, I went out and did what I had to do, and. I got a good life. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> well, yeah, man. You're still doing what you love to do. And there's nothing mm-hmm. better in this country than a comeback story. You know, exactly. everybody loves it, exactly. brother. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you guys, you did you uh, you did the rebrand. Is it still, are you guys still going by rock or did you go back to foils? Oh, uh, we're, we're <laughs> kind of both. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, if you look us up, we are Foils Rock Outdoors. That's what we are. Got you. What What's the ROK? Is it just rock a different... ROK, it was just... It, it really don't stand for nothing. It was just kind of trying to do something new, trying a little different idea. You notice all our videos back there. Like I said, Dad, he was the rock star back in the day. He, the rock on. You'd hear him even back in some of the first videos. did rock, rock on, this and that. So <laughs> we kind of tease him about it. Rock on, man. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, but no, that's, that's kind of how that idea kind of got going. Got you. Okay, because when it came out, I was like, I don't know. When, if when it first started, you know, you know, everybody, you know, you know, foils migrators at the time was like a big X, and nobody wanted that. So it was like, well, well we're going to try to show, and we were, we're trying to make some changes, this and that, and that's what we did. So, but it, like I said, it's came a long way from <laughs> 10, 11 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's got to be a long a long tedious road of growth and i was gonna say earlier that you were talking about the loyal fan base you would see it in call groups and uh, collector groups and somebody would throw you know your dad's name out there or something like that and then Mm -hmm. you would see the real loyalist jump in and be right there to defend oh i mean i (laughs) trust me since all this has started now i've seen it from everything from some Facebook warriors to a fist fight over it. And I, I mean, yeah, there's some loyal fans out there to this day. <laughs> is that is that even stranger than anything to see somebody get in a yeah, fist? It's a, yeah, it's a little shock. <laughs> but, <laughs> hey, I mean, I appreciate it. <laughs> You're like, dude, I'm not fighting over this thing. Like, be, you know, I appreciate your loyalty, but don't get yourself in trouble, man. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like I said, like, I mean, you just... It's not, not about how hard you get hit. It's about how hard you get hit and keep moving forward. <laughs> Dude, I I agree, and it's uh it's good to see you guys back on the rise, doing well, man. The last thing you want to see, I don't I don't care who it is. The last the last thing you want to see is somebody's life ruined forever and have no path yeah. of return. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And in the end, I mean, I mean, where we're at today, I mean. I mean, me and I mean, me and my dad were closer than we've probably ever been, to be honest with you. I mean, I mean, it brought and the family. I mean, we brought a lot of us a lot closer together in the end. I mean, we went through a lot of tough times, and 
you know, we were right behind him the whole way. Like I said, we visited him every every weekend, whatever we could do. And, and I mean, now we have more, you know, get-togethers, this and that. And, and like I said, we work together, and, and it's, it, 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 it's getting there. It's getting there. <laughs> Does it ever – I know when I'm – like, if me and my dad are working on something, you know, out in a – working on a car, doing something, working on a project, it's always a – it should be done this way type thing, and we'll get into it, just like any other dad and oh, yeah. kid. Is, uh, does it ever get heated? Me and, oh, oh, I mean, I mean, not so much at the shop, but you want to put me and Jeff Foyles in a duck blind these days. I mean, there might be, there, there's some heated moments. <laughs> I ain't going to lie to you. This is how you drive a boat. This is, we should have called the shot pass four, this and that, just like you and your buddies would. <laughs> oh yeah, man! That oh, we should have called it on the last one. Well, we you should have moved these decoys. You know all that kind of fun stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah. All right, man. We've hammered on all that stuff long enough. You said uh, you said you guys are seeing more speckle be- speckle bellies in the area. Is it uh, I I don't know. I don't ever hunt up by St. Louis. Is that something that's like a, a real rarity to get or? Uh... Um. I can remember specs, and this is even going back to our duck club days, just first showing up, like, towards the end of when we had that, when all the Fallen Skies videos, all that was going on. But they weren't real thick. I mean, there's a decent amount, but but in the last, I mean, they've grew every year, but in the last probably five, six years, it's got it's gotten to be pretty crazy amount of specs we get anymore uh, i'll tell you what I, i've learned to love them <laughs> i i uh i've always been the honker hunter but they're they're starting to get close to my favorite <laughs> they they're such a finicky freaking bird man it's uh... oh oh it's i mean that may make you want to rip your hat off pull your hair out whatever but but uh yeah no it's it's a good time the thing we run into anymore is it's all weather but it's got to get pretty brutal cold to get the geese, you know, to where we're at with all the warm water ponds and everything above. When I say geese, I mean, you know, your Canada geese. And so, but the specs, they'll be they'll be hanging out here for quite a while. So, so a lot of times in the first couple of weeks in January, our late goose season, that's our bird. Really? <laughs> so, you know, so it's either wait for one or two local honkers maybe to fly or you learn to hunt what's flying and that's what we've done uh, i mean it's turned into a riot <laughs> <laughs> well and that's ours man we've uh down here in this corner of the state we'll have them come through right at the end of teal season and we'll get a big push of them right in like october time frame where you're hunting the local you know missouri resident season and you're like, there's freaking specks all over the dang place. Just hang out here for another two or three weeks till white fronts open up, and they're almost always gone. But we've seen more and more where we'll just get that random group of them coming through in the middle of season. But we just haven't, we just don't get them like that over here on this side, unless you go all the way to like the Kansas line. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think I think in the future you'll probably even you you'll probably see more of them. It's just they they keep expanding. They're getting thicker. But like I said, once you figure them out, that's a lot of fun. <laughs> well, and it, they're freaking. They're so finicky that their numbers are gonna go crazy. Like I don't know oh, what the I mean, set I, numbers we've had, are. We've had setups where we've been hit perfect. Had the right setup the whole nine, and here here a bunch will be heated up, flare whatever. And, and well, what happened there? Well. Well, last night I was scouting and they're flaring off a field full of them. So maybe the ne- then again you'll get the next bunch and I'll just eat it alive. <laughs> <It's hunting. laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, they're a finicky bird, but it's hunting. 
<laughs> no, yeah, that ain't no joke, man. And you were talking yeah. about the honkers. You you grew up obviously honker hunting. You another oh, yeah. guy who's St. Louis, Southern Illinois area. Is that the just disappearance of freaking honkers up there, man? I yeah, can't I mean, I always say, like down in Hunter Grounds and all my buddies down there's area, the grounds crew. Like, I mean, there's some of your most talented best goose hunters you know and uh, as far as canada goose goes and <laughs> i mean there there ain't a goose around hardly anymore i mean and i, I mean I, I it's about the time you think it's happening here the next year will just be phenomenal so i don't know what's gonna happen here yet but <laughs> i think we're just right on the fine line <laughs> well and it's weird that being around a you know closer to a big metro area do you guys have a lot of resident honkers are you far enough outside Uh, not a not a ton i mean i mean for our county if there's there's a thousand geese in the county i mean that's that's doing you're you're doing it (laughs) i mean that's something good but i mean uh but i mean i wouldn't say we get we get a lot uh uh, no I mean, we're so close to Missouri, too. Uh, um, I mean, they could be over there in a heartbeat, too, and find them a nice cut silage field, and you'll never see them again. <laughs> well, yeah, and all the private freaking leased-up ground out there that you, you'll never even see them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I was yeah, I mean, out. We see, a, we see a field in September with, you know, 40, 50 geese in it. It's loaded. <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> but in the winter, in the winter, we'll get, well, you know, we'll get... 15,000 geese in the area then we can have some fun yeah and that's like one thing down here we used to get a lot more ducks over in the springfield area you know you got four rivers and shallow sage and stuff like that but uh our duck numbers man they've pushed further and further west i drive uh my route will sometimes go into kansas and stuff and all winter long i was driving this kansas route and i'm like if i only live two hours further to the west because it's just far enough out of the way to where you don't want to you can't scout two hours and get a real great read of the birds you know unless you're staying there overnight or it's just far enough away to be a pain in the butt but they've pushed further out so the only thing that we have down here around the springfield area is those resident geese and you're talking about shooting specs because that's what's there that's what we've had to adapt to doing is hunting these freaking Mm -hmm. local honker populations and uh that is my favorite form of you know i started out duck hunting and now if i have the Mm -hmm. choice i'm gonna hunt honkers in the dry field because that's where it's at yep yep we're we've always been and we've always been the guys all season long you know we're not running, you know, two dozen of the best-looking decoys. We're running quantity, not quality. We got everything: silhouettes, full bodies, pontoon shells, the whole nine. But, but until until we get a true little push of honkers, that's honestly what we ought to be doing. You know, I mean, I mean, you got to kind of just be where they want to be, getting, you know, like I said, thirty, you know, chess game, be a step ahead of them. No, right, and it, no matter the but, all the but, planning. But I will say this: when they, when I was talking about the silhouettes, the full body shells, all night, but when, but when the honker, you get that north wind, they do show up. You better, you, we we call it a junkyard spread. We got everything out there. <laughs> <laughs> Throw the whole kitchen Black sink hole in. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's one of my favorite things, man. We uh we were on board the full body train forever, and yeah. it was always just a nightmare carrying out a full body honker spread. And uh, absolutely, dude, we jumped on the silhouettes and we sold everything. Yeah, a lot full of people are these days. A lot of people are. Yeah, it it's so much easier, and we have so many you know oh, wet fields and stuff down here that that's what we've gone to. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm not, like, like when we get migrators starting to show up, we'll run, we'll run uh, 1,200 of the black and white silhouettes. I mean, we'll run them all across the field, just anything. You get a little snow on the ground, you got all these decoys, it's just a black hole, and, I mean, it's a honker magnet. I mean, you get three good, you know, two guys flagging, get the other couple guys calling, it's, it's, it's a fun game. That's how I like killing them. Absolutely, man. I uh, I don't know. There's just something about dry field hunting that's so much better. The if oh, I never yeah, had to put exactly. on if I never had to put another pair of waders on again, I, I would be happy. It would be nice. <laughs> but do you guys I don't have? I think lot- that's gonna happen for me. Well, <laughs> we yeah. A lot of water. <laughs> you guys do so much flooding and so much freaking not not that you guys do a bunch of flooding, but there's so much flooding up there. What's what's the duck hunting like? Is it better, worse than years past? Honestly, honestly, it's, I mean, the last couple of years we've had high water. It's been really good. And my grandpa used to tell me all the time when DU would come out with a count number, they'd, you know, they'd say low numbers this year. He'd say, well, you know, that's a drought year. And they got, or, or I'm sorry, I got that backwards. He'd say high numbers. And he'd say, well, it's a drought year. There ain't much water. They're congregated and they can see them. Flood years, you know, ducks spread out and get in the trees. The leaves are still on. They can't see them. So it looks like a low ad. So usually it'd be, and, and you know, I've went from what he said, whether anybody agrees or not, to this day, a flood year is always a good year. Yeah, you might not get the food, but hey, the ducks got to fly around and work for it a little more. Yeah, and there's so many more places for them to go, man. Well, they can spread yeah, out. Yeah, I'll say that you, you, you see a whole heck of a lot more. Well, and I feel like the water gets up in the grasses and the you know the trees, and there's so many more invertebrates and stuff like that for them to get onto instead of being stuck mm-hmm. on the refuge. Yeah. Oh, I've seen it turn some of the state state uh, public areas, some of the blinds on those areas, turn them in from a blind nobody wanted to a top kill. <laughs> I mean, the high water. I'm not against it. <laughs> That's crazy. With with the duck club and guiding and stuff, do you have a lot of experience with any public land hunting? Do you just you guys ever yeah, do it just oh, yeah. for fun? That's that's one thing I was going to talk about too. I mean, but, I mean, yeah, the duck club. That was probably some of the best as far as just duck hunting you can get but but them ducks are coming in to eat you know i mean you got a pit you cut corn bundles and, and you're hitting the pit i mean it was a lot of work don't get me wrong a lot of money you know pumping water the whole nine but but when you go out like we hunt today i got a couple leases and then we hunt some we do i hunt quite a bit of state ground i hunt the mississippi river a lot but when you're going out building blinds floater blinds you know you're fighting the flood stages you know uh you know, you're working, you're working ten, ten times harder than you ever did for them, and when it pays off, I mean, I learned a lot along the way since then, and and uh, it's 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 more rewarding than anything. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys ever lost a blind on the river? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's crazy. There's no, there's no the mighty Mississippi. She's she's uh, not too forgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen pictures of that where dudes are like. Oh, I found my blind. It was only nine miles downriver in these trees. Yeah, yeah we've, uh, if, you see, if you've seen some of the projects we've been in on them, get a blind to stay out on the Mississippi River. We built a lot of floater blinds. We built them on the pontoon boats. We built them on, you know, barrels. You, know, you strap barrels under them, the whole nine. It, it's it's a lot of work, but a lot of fun. Uh, two years ago, we had probably one of our best duck seasons out of one. That's cool, man. My buddy always has this crazy idea of finding an old pontoon boat shell and taking the deck and cutting holes into it 
to where you have layouts yeah. in a pontoon boat. Yeah, yeah. Almost like a sink box. Yeah, yeah. Almost kind of the same concept. And I was like, yeah, yeah. you can't get me out on the on the rivers like that. But I would be yeah. down for it. I'll, t- I'll say one thing. When when all your, your cornholes and all your little potholes in the bottom ground freezes up, there's no better place. <laughs> them, ducks, them ducks will be all over. Ducks and geese. I have a lot of fun. Well, and that's, dude, you're, you're, you know, up there on the river. I'm down in lake yeah. country. I have six lakes within yeah. like an hour drive of me. And yeah. uh, I've seen so many videos of guys up in, you know, Columbia area, Kansas City area. I'm more on this side of the state, obviously. But uh, out there motoring around in ice on the freaking Missouri River and the Mississippi River. Do you guys get out there and mess with that stuff when it's like that? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, no, we're out there until that whole fr- that whole river locks up, <laughs> and then sometimes we'll take an airboat out there <laughs> over the ice. Dude, that's yeah, so no, cool. Nothing, nothing stops us. <laughs> if, there's, if there's birds out there, we'll go. <laughs> Has it ever gotten sketchy? Oh yeah, oh, you get, you get a, you know, a big wind day, you get some big whitecaps rollers, or we're lucky enough for a lot of our spots are we got a docked in area close by so we ain't really got to go to the nearest boat ramp we can just get get to the bank quick so but i mean trust me we've done it several times <laughs> and you just look at each other when you get to the bank you shake your head and go what a guy do kill a duck or goose <laughs> <laughs> man i was uh out one time and we weren't out on the water but we were hunting with a guy and uh he was taking us back and he was one of our guides, and uh, we realized that he had been drinking moonshine the whole time in the blind. And his his driving was a little sketchy driving the dirt roads back. And we're just sitting in the back seat of the dually, and we're hugging the dog, and we're like, "I hope we make it through this, man." <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I got. I know. I got some of my best friends. I got river stories. Oh, I had the pocket knife ready to cut the waders off the whole nine. <laughs> Didn't think they're gonna make it to bank. Kiss the ground when they got there. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's yeah. one thing I was. My, 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 probably one of my best buddies, Bear. He tells me that story all the time. <laughs> well, and that's I was in the freaking Navy, man, and uh, you know I grew up on water. I I have no fear of water whatsoever, as long as it's warm outside. But it starts getting sketchy on the lakes and stuff like that. Nah, I'm good. Oh yeah, yep. Yeah, they can turn around the heartbeat too. <laughs> it's a it's a dangerous thing, man. It's one where you, almost every year you hear somebody freaking making a crazy decision, and it uh, it can get sketchy real quick. Yep, yep. <laughs> but you know what? When you get to the bank, get that boat on the trailer, and you thaw out and cool down a little bit and talk about what we're going to do the next morning <laughs> <laughs> right right it's all smiles at that point man yeah <laughs> well brother i uh i really appreciate you you stopping and giving me some time man and talking through yeah. some of that stuff obviously talking hunting calling when are you guys you guys cancel your calling competition this year are you, are you still on it yeah yeah this year we canceled it with everything going on we always had ours in may around memorial weekend i think but uh, but man i mean everything shut down corona deal and everything else so so no we didn't have it this year man that's it's so weird and you're in illinois too which is by far far more uh Oh yeah, uh, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like we're back open in Missouri. Th- oh, I know. On the 15th. I, uh, 
I mean, I went over to Missouri, uh, just outside St. Louis there, across the ferry, uh, uh, about a month ago, bought a side-by-side and, uh, uh, dealer, and, and, uh, heck yeah, we got done, we went, went B-dubs, got something to eat, had a couple beers, and back across, and, and it's just ghost town. <laughs> it's so weird, man, like, uh, uh we went uh, out to a restaurant. Oh, it's like, that's what I was gonna say, too, uh, like, for the steak ground, uh, every... It's, it depends on the areas. Either two or three years, they have a duck blind draw for the state areas and uh, for all the public areas. And uh, oh, yesterday they sent they sent it out. Uh, Illinois canceled. So whatever blind you had the last two or three years, you get it another year. Yeah, that'll anger a lot of guys and make a lot of other guys real oh, happy. Some guys be happy that good blind. Some guys are not going to be happy that bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing that yesterday pop up, and I was like, well, that's going to be a fun one. so weird because it was something when it first happened that i was like well everybody's gonna get this whatever you know it's it's gonna be a thing we're just gonna have to deal with it and uh we had a trip planned to new orleans on the uh like i don't know 11th 10th something like that of march and we were down there the very like the weekend before everything shut down the weekend of the toilet paper scare and all that nonsense oh yeah (laughs) and i think there was like a thousand cases in america when we left and then like the sunday that we were gonna leave there was like sixteen thousand cases and i was like and the toilet paper scare happened and you know you just look over and you're like did we get toilet paper last time we were at the store i'm like no we didn't need it and it was like oh my god exactly (laughs) it was it was real weird dude they it was i was on the last day before they shut down Bourbon Street. We left Sunday at, like, noon. Oh, really? Yeah, and, like, three hours later, my buddy sent me a picture of it. He lives down there outside of New Orleans. He sent me a picture, and he's like, dude, they shut down Bourbon. And I was like, I was just there. They didn't shut it down. And he's like, no, these pictures are, like, now. It is shut down. The wow. streets are empty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 2020's been crazy. <laughs> dude, it's weird times. I said it on a, a podcast the other day, but last week or two weeks ago maybe now at this point, there was some monkeys in India that broke into a lab and stole some COVID-tainted blood. And I was like, <laughs> what on earth? Murder hornets, freaking COVID, tiger king, yeah, what on earth? make anything you can't make this up <laughs> yeah this is a movie man this is the start of a horror movie <laughs> yeah no doubt <laughs> but like i said brother i i really appreciate you giving me some time i know you had to stop by the shop to get some good service and uh yeah, it's been a no, really fun time. one man okay. yeah absolutely absolutely anytime well i'm glad that you guys uh you guys are doing good and getting back to a normal sense of life and uh hopefully get that contest going up again next year man it's been weird yeah hopefully so Um, i mean i don't know what's all going to be contest wise on the trail this year i don't know what's going to be open or closed but 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 whatever it is i hope we get to see everybody there have a good time yeah man they canceled freaking easton that's that's so baffling yeah, that's uh, that's unreal. I just seen that. Uh, what was that last? Was it last week or early this week? I seen it on social media. I couldn't believe it. 
Yeah, and I don't think Rodgers is canceled yet, but to be honest, I haven't looked too hard to see if they Yeah, have. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all been rumor has it, but, I, but, but nobody really knows yet, I don't think. I, I, I hope not. That's a good time, but if not, hey, no, there's always next year. <laughs> right? Well, if, if Rodgers yeah. keeps going and there's no Worlds, man, it's going to be stacked. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I think I just, just see what happens day by day for now. Right. <laughs> I think everybody's just going by what they see on the news every day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Well, I'll let you get off here. And like I said, I appreciate it. We'll do another one once it gets closer to season, man. And we'll start talking some. Yeah, sounds good. Just get a hold of me. I look forward to it. All right, brother. I appreciate it, Cole. Yep. Have a good night. All right. Take care, buddy. And tell your dad I said hi. Yep. yep. All see right, brother. Take care. All right, guys, that was Cole Foyles. You know, he's uh, he's been through some stuff, man. He's a, a really accomplished call maker, um, you know, competition caller. He's worked in the shop. He's, uh, he's an interesting guy, and I really wanted to have his story told because we've all heard Jeff's story from whatever outlet, whatever you think of the story. And I just wanted to hear what it was like from his perspective and, uh, you know, what he's kind of gone through. Because, you know, his dad was a rock star. And then he's very accomplished in his own right in uh, the competition calling world. And he's doing his calls and guiding and uh, just seems like a really cool dude. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. So get out there, share this thing, like, subscribe, do all that uh, self-promoting type stuff that I always throw on there. Um, I'm going to post a picture of the uh, the duck call that we're going to give away and uh, make sure you do all that stuff, too. So, uh, yeah, have a good one.